Welcome to the Somos Church Podcast. We are so glad you're listening. This is Sergio and Beatrice, and we're the pastors here at Somos Church. We hope you feel encouraged, challenged, and inspired today. We love you. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Somos uh, Again, I hope that you all are having an incredible Sunday. And if you're not, it's about to just get, you know, so much better because you're in church and, you know, you could be anywhere else, um, but you chose to be here and that's awesome. And uh, we're honored that you would come in and hang out with us. Uh, as you all know, we are in a series called Emotional Damage, right? And uh, we have been kind of digging a little bit deep um, into uh, really finding healing and really allowing God to expose the areas in our lives that need to be exposed so that we can heal and work towards getting better um, and simply just letting God in. And uh, today we're going to do something a little bit different, but I'm excited for today uh, because we asked our friend, Patti, um, who is a counselor. She can tell you all her title because it's just so many, it's so much that I'll let her explain to you what she does and what she's about. But before we jump into that, um, you know, I, I love this verse in the Bible that says that faith without works is dead, right? So we can have all the faith in the world and we can come to church and we can resolve that, you know, God is with us and he loves us. But there is an aspect that involves us. And that is the, the hard work of walking towards healing, of, of restoration, of opening up our hearts, our mind, our ourselves to allow God to come and heal the things that he has to heal. And, and what I want to encourage us today is to open up our heart and to do the homework, right? To really go home today and this week and really analyze and what what do I have to give to God? What are the things that I'm still caring? What are the emotional damages that I've been through? Um, I loved, uh, you know, Sergio last week gave us an incredible message and talked about that anchor that, uh, you know, we usually hold on to and rely on and, and we, you know, say, well, I am this way, but a lot of who we are is really dependent on the pain, on the things that we have gone through in our life. And I truly believe that our freedom and our joy and the strength that we all need is on the other side of emotional healing. And so today as a church, we wanted to simply give you some tools to bring some awareness, some understanding of, okay, how do I start dealing with these things? What are some practical steps that I can take? Because we we can recognize the how, right? We can recognize the what, sorry, which is we all have a lot of things in our lives that we need to heal. We all have some emotional damage. We all have some trauma, some things that we've been through, every single one of us. And if you don't, wow, you're amazing. Please come talk to me and pray for me. Um, I need it <laughs> because I am a really, um, you know, just, I have a lot going on in my life. So anyways, um, so today, you know, we, we, we bring awareness to the what, and now it's, okay, what steps can I take so that I can walk towards emotional healing, so that I can heal, and not only, you know, I know God is there, I know he loves me, but a lot of the part 
um, that we need to play is so important as well. So hopefully today um, God will speak to you. Um, I just really pray that you would be encouraged. And um, we're going to pray and just open up our hearts. And as we do that, Bethy is going to come on up and uh, we're going to go from there. So Father God, I thank you so much for this incredible opportunity that we have as a church, God, to lean into this conversation, God, to really allow you to come into our hearts, God, into those deep places that maybe we have shut out, that maybe we have forgotten about, that maybe we haven't dealt with. God, we truly want the abundant life that you promised that you came to give us, God. And a lot of that depends on us seeking healing, on us recognizing that there are areas in our lives that we need to heal, that we need to let go of, that we need to surrender to you. And so today we open up our hearts for you to do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Awesome. So can we give it up for our friend Fati here? So, okay, tell us what you do, who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, it's awesome to see beautiful faces today. Everybody looks so awesome today. Um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, an LMFT. Um, I hold a license in the state of Texas. I have a little bit of my education. I have three degrees. Um, I have a biology degree with a minor in chemistry. Um, I, one, once upon a time, I was going to be a doctor. And then God said, mm -mm, that's not where you're going. So he changed my, my path, and I have a psychology degree with a minor in Spanish and a master's degree in marriage and family therapy, and soon PhD. I had a baby a year ago, so that put pause to my plans to, to get my, my PhD, <laughs> but it's coming. It's in the works. <laughs> Um, God knows that's a desire in my heart, and he's telling me it's not time, so I'm trying to be obedient. That's hard. Talk about emotional damage there. <laughs> Obedience. Um, and yeah, so that's a little bit about my education, my background. I've, I've had a practice in Colorado, in Fort Collins, um, area Loveland, and, um, and my, husband's, uh, my husband usually comes with me to these things. Um, to these events or speaking engagements, but we have a one-year-old who loves to sleep, and we had a late night last night, so she stayed in bed, and he got to stay home, so he's watching. Hi, love. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. So today, um, obviously, we invited you because we know that you have um, helped a lot of people through your counseling and um, through your experience. Um, to really deal with emotional damage. And, um, you know, you kind of shared how it's important for us to talk about this. So can you tell us um, why, um, as a counselor, you encourage us uh, to deal with our emotional damage? Sure. So like your pastors have been saying, who isn't emotionally damaged, right? I think all of us have experienced some type of emotional hurt I know the word damage, and I think, I think you said it, and when you're preaching was like, you know, damage. I'm not damaged, right? And I and I do think that that's such a such a taboo word in itself. Um, but when we can acknowledge that our emotions are hurt, or that 
there's something deeper than hurt, maybe traumatic. And here's the thing about trauma. You know, there, there's a lot of misconceptions about trauma out there. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people like to say, you're traumatized, right? And yes, I can see how that could be a, a way, but trauma is something that leaves a lasting impression in your mind or your body or your spirit, right? So if that's what a trauma looks like. Um, we can be traumatized by a relationship. We can be traumatized by a car crash. We could be traumatized by our childhood. There's just so much that could leave a lasting impression in us and that creates emotional baggage or damage, right? So what I encourage people to do is to, everybody needs therapy. I'm just gonna, I, I get it. I could be biased because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a psychotherapist, so I get it. But I really do think that a lot of people would benefit from just sitting with someone who's trained and just going through their history and understanding, oh, that's why I behave this way. Oh, that's why I think this way, right? Oh, this is why this is, you know, the reason why I'm the way that I am. And so when we take the time to sit down with somebody and analyze our thoughts, our emotions, you can find so much healing just in conversations. And unfortunately, my profession has a lot of taboo, a lot of taboo, right? So when I, when I change course, from um, you know medical school and I had just gotten in and then God was like nope that's not the way and I told my parents my dad was like what do you mean you're gonna be a crazy doctor what do you mean you're gonna be are you damaged right there were all those questions um, and I was like yeah because I'm your daughter no I'm just kidding <laughs> no but he ha he actually now has seen how therapy works because it's such a big taboo especially in the Hispanic culture I think in our culture it's just, you know, the, the dirty laundry is not aired, right? So you keep, I don't know, that sounds better in Spanish. But, what, you know, you keep that in your, in, your, you know, in your own vault, right? A family vault. Whatever happens in here stays in here. And we don't need to be telling anybody about this, right? And so that creates so much hurt um, for a lot of people, for generations. So we know God to be a God of generations. And healing comes in generations, but it also damage comes in generations. So I don't know. If did I deviate yeah. from your question? No, that's okay. good. I loved how you talked about the word trauma mm -hmm. and how um, trauma triggers mm -hmm. you emotionally, mentally, even physically. Can you talk a little bit about trauma in itself and why, um, you know, as we're dealing with emotional damage, we recognize that there is some trauma and how maybe that trauma stops us from getting healing or from um, recognizing that we need healing. Sure. Know. So it's funny that you say that because I, I had a traumatic experience in an elevator when I was eight years old and I had to go to the restroom. So B tells me, go, you know, your pastor, sorry, <laughs> pastor tells me, go to the restroom upstairs, take the elevator. And usually I, I'm pr pretty, I processed it. I'm pretty cool about elevators. But when I got in the elevator, I made this weird sound. I just went, right? And I was like, oh my God. And I just felt my stomach just get tight. And I was like, oh my God, this is just, I just got triggered, right? So that's what trauma looks like, right? It, it's something, a sound, usually it comes in the five senses. Um, in this case, it was a sound for me that just triggered me to say, oh my God, I was in a, I'll tell you a little bit about it. I was in, um, I think it was in Kansas. Um, we were on a family trip and we were in a hotel and there was a tornado warning, the lights went out and I was in an elevator. Um, I had just left the pool that I was with my family to, they had sent me upstairs to get something and just in that moment, the elevator stopped. So I was stuck in an elevator by myself for like five minutes, but felt like 25, 30 hours. <laughs> so 
that um, since then, I mean, I'm not eight years old anymore, but since then, certain sounds, movements, and elevators kind of like, you know, make me tighten up. And that's what trauma would look like, right? Um, a lot of times we think it has to be sexual or, uh, you know, emotionally abusive. It doesn't have to be that, that way. It's just an experience, an experience that left traces of that experience in your body. So it's learning to recognize those traces. And the first step to recognize any type of traumatic event is to recognize that you have it, right? So denial um, won't be helpful in that situation because if you're in denial, you won't change. We can't change anything we don't know about or we don't recognize. So first, I have to admit that I have something in order to deal with it. Yeah, now that's good. I think, um, I think it's like you said, I, for us, it's so important to bring awareness to the fact that we are dealing with this because we learn, I think I mentioned this um, earlier, we learn to just kind of shove it and put it to the side and continue our life. And then we have certain triggers and we don't know that they're triggers, but it's because there's so much that we haven't uh, dealt with. And so I don't know, what are some tools that we can use um, to help us heal from that emotional damage trauma? Yeah, therapy. I mean, I think therapy is the best kind of way to deal with that because it creates a safe space for you. You know, I've had here in, the, in, in El Paso, I've been practicing for now almost five years here in El Paso, but before this I was in Colorado. It's a whole different group in Colorado. Um, but in Colorado, and then before that I practiced in Abilene when I was doing my, my schooling. But the, the reasons why people would come to therapy were very um, different than the reasons that people come to therapy here. Um, in Colorado, I, I once, you know, had a writer just come in. She just wanted to tell me about her book and process back and forth what she was thinking about her books. And to me, I was like, wow, that's, that's a crazy idea to come to therapy, right? But it really does, it is what you make of it, right? She really, I mean, eventually we got into deeper stuff, but just her idea of having a confidential space where nobody would steal her ideas for her book, right? Now, creating that space for, her, for herself also opened up a door for conversations, right? So the, the first and foremost thing I'm always gonna be saying is therapy. Look for a licensed therapist. Um, a licensed therapist has um, a way of dealing with issues or trauma or anything that's different from talking to a friend. Okay. When you talk to a friend or to somebody who isn't trained, they'll talk to you based on their own personal experiences, which is not a bad thing if they have had good personal experiences. But if they haven't, then their advice, their advice is not going to be the best. Right? So when you come to a licensed professional, we are not talking to you based on our, our own experience. We're using models of therapy or paradigms of therapy that are according to whatever you bring into the therapy room. <clears throat> okay, so first and foremost, go to therapy. Um, but if you're, you know, in our culture, a little iffy about it, then self-awareness, I think that's really important. You have to become self-aware. What am I dealing with? Look within, right? I think. Um, Pastor Sergio was talking about an experience he had in the airport, right, and how he just got so angry, and, and so all of the things, all the things that went bad that led him to look within, right, that's self-awareness, right, what he was talking about in his preaching was exactly that, self-awareness. First, I have to know, why am I so angry at everybody? You know, he wanted to, he became a Karen. He wanted to write a letter, right? He wanted to write the letter to CEO and to everybody around him, 
right? And <laughs> exactly. So that, that is something that happens. That's self-awareness. After you're aware, then it's self-regulation. Then you have to regulate, like a thermostat, right? Why am I so hot? Why am I so angry? Bring it down, right? When we're angry, we're not thinking clearly. Our, our logical brain turns off and our emotional brain kicks in. And when our emotional brain kicks in, you're no longer thinking through your process. You're just being reactive. And when you're so reacting, uh -huh. that's oh a thing? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Can yeah. you expand on that? Sure. No wonder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, uh, so Dr. Daniel Siegel has a really cool way of explaining it. So by all means, I did not make this up. I just want to I want to um, give credit to who credit deserves, right? So um, he said he explains the brain very simplistically with our with our fist. Okay, so this part right here, okay, this part is a forehead. Okay, so if you, anybody wants to do this, okay, this is your brain. Okay, and the part right here, the prefrontal cortex, where we make reasoning, where reasoning takes place. Let's pretend this is it. Okay, when we are in a in a triggering moment, or in a scientific word, the survival mode, when it's fight, flight, freeze, okay? Those are the only three options you get, okay? And in order to survive, and God was just so good when he created this, because this is how, you know, this is why Darwin became so famous, because he's like, oh, survival of the fittest, right? This is why. We are wired to survive. So this little part right here, which is our thumb, Okay, this part is, let's just call it the emotional brain for, for the sake of easiness, okay? So it's called the amygdala, right? So this part, when we are in fight, flight, freeze mode, automatically takes over, okay? Because you don't have time to think. This dog is coming at me, you know, a, a pit bull, rabid, right? He's just foaming at the map. I don't have time to think, well, what should I do? Should I, should I talk to the dog? Should I run? No, we don't have time to do that, right? So at that moment, what happens? Somebody just turned off the light switch of logic and our emotional brain kicked in and now you just have three options. You're either gonna fight the dog, you're either gonna run from the dog or you're just gonna let the dog get you. That's it, right? When we are triggered, if we don't turn our logic back on, if we allow our amygdala or our emotional brain to just overpower, then at that moment, we just become reactive, right? So when you're fighting with your spouse or your friend or your children and you just wah, react, that's your survival mode, okay? Now, if you have experienced something super traumatic, such as abuse or something heavier, in my case, the elevator, right? Then that trigger will happen automatically. A noise, boom, my stomach got tight. But then it's telling myself, you're fine, you're okay, you know, it's only two stories. They'll come and get you eventually. You're going to speak at this thing anyway. So <laughs> they'll know if you go missing, right? So you start telling yourself all these things. And then when the elevator door opens, you're like, oh, praise God, you know? And I'm then. I'm so sorry to put you through that. <laughs> I, feel so I will be praying for your downstairs bathrooms to be fixed. <laughs> and actually, it hadn't happened to me in a long time, in a really long time. Um, I thought I had already overcome it, but I was like, no, of course, Lord, you have a great sense of humor. I'm going to speak about emotional damage. And here you are showing me <laughs> what I still need to work on. Um, but I hope that's helpful because when you are um, in situations where you're just feeling a certain kind of way and your feels take over, you're not thinking clearly. So speaking or reacting, if he had written a letter right, to whoever, it would probably not be very nice, 
right? You guys suck. I think it was American Airlines. You guys are the worst, right? All this stuff. And now that he's had time to process, maybe he can edit it, right? And he could just be like, dear American Airlines, right? <laughs> Versus you suck, American Airlines, right? So it's just something that we need to do in order for us to be self-regulated, right? So that's the regulation. So awareness is first. Be aware that something's going on. Our emotions are like little flags. It tells us what's happening inside of us, right? So the emotions are not always real, right? And so I'm not saying that emotions aren't important. They are. God gave us emotions so we could feel, but they don't necessarily are, mean that they're real logical. So connecting our brain and correct, connecting our heart or emotions is extremely important. And there's so many Bible verses that back this up, right? Science likes to take credit for a lot of stuff that's been written in the Bible for, you know, we can, we can thank all these, you know, Da Vinci, Aristotle, Freud, Darwin, all these people who think they created something. And it's not true. It's, it's in the Bible, right? It's been there. And, and God's really clear about this, right? Renovate your mind. It talks about it in Romans, right? Take every thought captive, okay? It talks about emotional regulation left to right. Right? He, was giving, he gave, gave us the power of a sound mind. Right? So all of, all of that we can find in the Bible. And so I think that's something that um, God has revealed to me working in this industry, in the mental health industry, is that when we have Jesus, we can become self-aware a lot faster. Because he's the one that's telling us, like Holy Spirit is telling us, hey, you, know, you reacted like this yesterday. You know, here's a little flag. Pay attention to it. Pray about it, right? And, and I, I hear your pastors um, telling you about homework. And I think if you are obedient to that homework, I really believe that God will show you areas in your life that need that healing. And it, and it, will, give, it will give you more room for the fruits of the Spirit, which is really important. Yeah. No, that's so good. And I think for us, we truly want to... I mean, personally, you know, grow in this area and bring self-awareness. And so I think if, like you said, we do the homework and really dig deep. And I think that's the part where we get stuck, right? Where even in therapy, like, um, I know that I've been in moments where, like, I realized, wow, like, I'm still dealing with this. This is hard. Or admitting to myself, you know, this is something that is still so um, embedded in me. So... I don't know, what, what advice or what would you say when you're in that moment of this is hard and realizing, but knowing that it's important to go deeper? What would you say to that? I think when we are, un, when we've been taught to not understand our emotions, it's hard for us to go deeper, right? When we have been taught there, we're not safe emotionally or mentally, right? Then, and I say this because this happens since childhood, okay? I, I have a one-year-old, and I know you guys have little, little small ones, and I see everything, she's a reflection of me in a lot of things. So there's a lot of things that she's doing that I'm like, oh crap, I haven't dealt with that. <laughs> you know, oh no, you know, she's doing this. And, and so, and, and it's in those moments where we have to teach our, our kids to be safe, right? And if your parents, for whatever reason, we're not here to blame anybody, right? But for whatever reason, didn't open up that space for you to, to be able to say emotions, what's going on? Brain, what's going on? Body, what's going on? Then you won't know how, okay? So a lot of times we're like, yeah, I have a problem, but I don't know what to do with it. And it's in that moment 
that I advise you to look for a professional because they'll tell you where to start, right? And, and I wish there was a magical formula that I could say, do A plus B, it's gonna equal C, you're good. But there isn't because healing is not linear. Healing is different for a lot of people. And to be completely transparent, healing is scary. There's parts of you that you will have to see that maybe you don't want to see, right? There's parts of you that you'll have to be confronted with that maybe you were not ready to be confronted with. And that's what therapy looks like. A lot of times my clients, I don't like to call them um, patients, but my clients come in and they, they're like, well, just fix me. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, but that's, that's not a reality. It's not a, the reality is that you can't be fixed because this is not something that's on, it's just something that's ongoing, right? But you can have better tools, right? You can have tools to seek your, within yourself what you need to do and bring it, in this case, we're in a, in, a, in, a, in a place where we can talk about God and that's the best kind of healing. Jesus is the best counselor. Uh, but people who don't have Jesus, that's really hard. That's really hard because it, if it's hard for us who we have the Holy Spirit, Imagine those that don't. It becomes even more of a struggle. It becomes even darker. So it's in those moments that you have to really reteach someone how to get in touch with their own emotions through self-regulation, through self-awareness, um, and empathy. Have empathy. Empathy is when you really understand yourself, right? And tell yourself, okay, I've been through a lot, self. Okay, I've been through a lot. Now I have to do something about it. You need, you need to tell someone to, you need to reach out for help so someone can tell you, you've been through a lot. What you're dealing with, you're not crazy. You know, it's, it's a product of what you've lived. And when, sometimes when you hear those words, you're like, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I have been through a lot. And there's that validation that we're looking for. And that will give you motivation, which is another tool to have, motivation. When you're motivated to change, then you're more likely to be to be in a, in a place of healing. When you're unmotivated to change, that's when it gets sticky, right? So I'm sure everybody here has, has been sad at some point, right? We, we've, all, we've all experienced that. Moments of depression, okay? It doesn't mean that you have clinical depression, but we all have that. We all feel sad. And it's in those moments of sadness that it's really hard to get out of it. And it's why community is really important. Somebody that says, hey, I haven't heard from you in two weeks what's going on, right? It's, it's reaching out and having a group because the first thing we do is isolate. And when we're isolated, we're weak. Now, when we're weak, then we become easy prey. And the devil's like a lion trying to see who he's going to devour. And so we cannot, you know, when heard, a lot of the neuroscience stuff that we know about as, as scientists comes from animals, right? And it comes from um, the, the herds of animals, there's actually a great book. I don't know if you get science nerds out there like me. There's a great book by Dr. Uh, Robert Sapolsky called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, which is so funny, right? Because zebras are in a high constant stress. They're always in survival mode, but they don't get ulcers. And it's a really intense book. It's about like a thousand pages, but I will summarize it for you. <laughs> they spark don't, notes. Yeah. Spark notes. They don't get ulcers because once they release the survival mode, they're at peace. That's it. Simple. They enjoy their grass. They enjoy their life. And then some, you know, something triggers them. Stress response, survival, release. Right. So we have to learn to do that. We're not good at doing that. We don't release. Right. We just 
contain, 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 until we can, no contain, we can contain any longer, and then we blow up. And we usually blow up to those we love because they're our safe place. So go to a therapist and blow up on a therapist because at least they'll know how to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so, so good. Um, I'm just so thankful that we have God in our lives, right? Because it makes all the difference when we're dealing with this and it's almost like that hope that we need because we all have been through so much, but there's that hope in God that tells us that he is for us, that he's with us, that he's our healer, that he's our protector, he's our provider, he's everything that we need. And so since we already have that, which is foundational to everything in our lives, we are like a thousand steps ahead in our healing already because we have the healer, right? And so I do want to make sure that we understand that we are so blessed that we have Jesus in our lives. And there's so many moments where I thought to myself, what would I do if I didn't have God? You know, and so we're so blessed because of that. But I love what you're saying about you know, one of the tools that we can take is to go to therapy, and and um, and I'm not here to try to convince you or not. I mean, it's up to you. You're healing how you want to do it. Um, this is just a, a tool, um, but that's that's so good because um, I don't know. I was I was thinking, or this week we started watching a new show on Netflix with the kids, Tiger. I don't know, Tiger something, and um, <laughs> it's so. Yeah, I was like, I hope it's not Tiger. Oh, not Tiger King, no. <laughs> no, it's a cartoon, okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that got cleared up quick. I was like, talk about emotional damage to your children. <laughs> okay, honey, I think they would know. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> anyways, the little tiger character animal thing um, is in a waiting room and he's talking about like it's his first time going to the doctor and they're like singing about it and you know he, they go into the waiting room and they start um, he's there and he sees like a, a fish tank and and I thought it was so interesting, right? He goes and he starts looking at the fish tank and he starts imagining the fishes in the tank. And and it's weird how God like just put this on my heart. But I'm like, this kid is like enjoying the waiting season. Like he's in the waiting room waiting for the doctor to call him. And there he is doing, you know, this thing, looking at the fishes and enjoying and he's singing about it. And I just think that so many times we get so caught up and in, in, in what's the next thing. And, and I do want us to think about our healing and how we're going to get there. But in the moment, as we're going through it, we can still find joy we can still enjoy life we can still have our issues and our problems and knowing that we're taking steps but we're not perfect right and so this isn't like Bethy said a formula a plus b equals c this is okay god in the moment what is in my hands what can i do today to walk towards healing who do i need to forgive what are the moments in my life that have triggered me that have marked me okay there they are i recognize them i'm praying about it. I'm going to therapy. I'm enjoying life. I'm trying, you know, not in my strength, but in God in the moment to change some attitudes, behaviors, things that I don't want to pass down to the next generation. And so there's so much hope in this conversation. Number one, knowing that Jesus is our healer. And number two, knowing that God loves us so much that he would expose us to this conversation of, of knowing God cares for, about my life so much 
that he is literally presenting ways that I can obtain healing and walk towards healing. And so I just wanted to bring light to that because there's just so many amazing things that God wants to do in us and through us. But a lot of the time, we are the cap to what we want to see happen in our lives. And and I wanted to ask you just a little bit about... Um, Emotional intelligence, which I know you mentioned to, uh, about it uh, in our conversation. So can you tell us how that um, just correlates to everything that we're talking about here? Sure. So a lot of the things that I mentioned today is emotional intelligence. It's what it means is to be intelligent about your emotions. It's con connecting logic to your emotions. So why am I feeling this? Right. Asking yourself why I'm feeling this is you getting out of this survival mode, right? And saying, okay, logic connect so these two parts in connection is what makes a whole brain right so we want to be whole brained um and in a lot of my um in my sessions i talk a lot about um the, the tripart man okay i wish i could tell you i came up with this but no it's science right and actually it's biblical so when we're talking about three parts okay we're talking about body mind spirit Okay, when we talk about these three areas, right, whatever the person's coming to me with, then I talk, I focus on those three areas, right? So if they're coming to me with addiction, then I know that's a body problem. Okay, if they're coming to me with anxiety or depression, then I know it's a mind problem, right? Or if I, they're coming something deeper, then automatically I know it's a soul problem. Right. So when we're talking about, I, I want you guys to, to, as we're having this conversation, and again, I don't want it to sound like I'm promoting therapy, even though I, I mean, I'm a therapist, of course I do. But I, I want you guys to, to, to really walk out with this in mind. Ask yourself body-wise, in the five senses, are there things, right, what I hear, what I touch, what I see, what I feel, and what I taste, are there things that trigger me? And when we understand in the, five, in the five senses. That's emotional intelligence. Because I'm trying to understand why do I feel a certain kind of way, right? And then you connect your mind and saying, okay, mind, is there something that's happened in my life or something that is currently happening in my life? Are, are, the, are the news triggering me, right? I don't know about you, but I personally, I do not watch the news. I read the news. Because a lot of the things that I deal with in, in my sessions are really sad and hard. So I can come already sad and hard to my sessions because I will project that into my clients. So I have to really be intentional about what my mind is consuming. If my mind is consuming a lot of fear, I'm gonna bring that. If my mind is consuming a lot of hate, I'm gonna bring that, right? So I have to be very intentional about what my mind is intaking. So what we watch, what we listen to yeah. really does have an effect. 100%. And, and in the Bible, it talks about our eye being the lamp. Right? So our eye is the lamp to the rest of our body. Right? So what we see is really important. And so I, I want you guys to really analyze, are there things that I'm seeing that are causing me to feel a certain kind of way? Right? And then the spirit part, that's, that's my favorite part because I, I feel like when we, are, when we meet Jesus, when we meet God, he shows us. And sometimes he heals us like this. Sometimes he just heals us instantly and we never have to struggle again. And then there's other areas in our life that he doesn't heal us as fast because he wants us to do the work. Because he wants us to know that, you know, you are delivered. You know, you're delivered from addiction. 
But are you still going to struggle with other things that led you to the addiction? Yeah, and you have to explore that. And I will create a safe space for you to explore that. I will allow you to see all this, all these beautiful things that I've kept you from or that, I, you know, that had to happen in order for you to be free because I'm going to use you as an instrument later, right? And so it's allowing ourselves to be healed in, in all these three parts is important. Right? And if you decide to never go to therapy, that's, that's fine. I just really want you to ask God, show me in these three areas, my body, my soul, and my spirit, what needs to be healed, what I need to look into, and what do I need to read? Right? There's a lot of self-help books out there. I would recommend that you limit yourself to not the angry woman that was left by you know, a billion men or the, the man who wrote a book and hates all women. Right? You do have to be careful who you are, what you're allowing in your mind because not everybody is trained and not every, everybody will talk, anybody can write a book, right? And they will talk about their experience and not necessarily what's sound. So make sure that you are intaking what's gonna produce fruit. Right? And we know that by our fruits we will be known. And it's important for us to know that we want to possess the fruits of the Spirit. Not all the time, of course, because we're hurt people. But most of the time, at least 90% of the time, it could be you know, God in me. And that 10% is like, okay, that was the flesh. Right? So it's leading with the Spirit. When we lead with the Spirit, we heal a lot faster than when we lead with the flesh or when we lead with our mind. So let, allow God to show you what areas you need to to be healed in that. Go slow, slowing down. One of, one of the things that um, therapists use, and you would never believe, um, but one of our, our strategic tools, if we call it that, is silence. Hmm. Tell me more. No wonder. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Wow. Right. Silence. You're not saying anything. Right. I've had many clients be like, well, well, well so then why? Why are, you, why are you not saying anything? Well, I just don't know. You know, even though I might know, you know, it's one of those moments where God's like, uh-uh, you need to let them sit with that. And that's hard. So meditation has been proven, and, and I think a lot of um, certain religions will tell you that meditation is the best thing ever because it really does provide a lot of things. And the Bible's clear about meditation, right? Meditate on my word all the time, right? It is, there's a power in meditation. There's a power in breathing. When you learn to breathe, you slow down. Right. When you're learning you to teach us, like, sure, what is a good breathing. Sure, I'm, I'm gonna tell my husband actually taught me how to breathe, which is pretty funny. He's a sports medicine guy, um, he's in, that's what he does, sports medicine. So, he taught me how to breathe, and he says that a full breath is you smelling flowers. Okay, so everybody wants to do it with me, right? So, smell flowers, and then you hold it, and then you blow out candles. I know it's COVID, sorry guys. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of the things that I like to teach my younger clients is, um, I think it's called caterpillar breathing or something, but you use your hands, your hand to breathe. So you're breathing in like this. Oh, sorry, started backwards. So you're breathing in like this, and then you blow out. And then you breathe in, and then you blow out. And by you just doing that, you just engaged your frontal lobe, okay, where you think, and your emotional brain, and you just told your body that it's safe. Because when we're safe, we can breathe. But when we're not safe, we go, 
and that's how panic attacks start, right? So first thing when you're having a panic attack or anxiety attack, they tell you breathe, right? And you're like, well, if it was that easy, it's, it's not. It's not easy, okay? But you have to tell yourself you have to breathe. When you're angry, self-regulation, right? When you're so angry, you're gonna catch yourself <sighs> because you're not breathing, right? You're going into survival mode. Your, your body is literally preparing to fight, flight, or freeze, okay? If you freeze, you <gasps> right? If you're gonna run, you need, you know, you need, you need agitation. And if you're gonna fight, you need that energy. So you're gonna feel your heart racing, you're going to feel your palms sweaty, and you're going to feel your shortness of breath. All of that are, are indicators that you are in survival mode, okay? So catch yourself, self-regulation, I mean, sorry, self-awareness. Catch yourself when you're feeling the heart palpitations, the shortness of breath, the sweaty palms. You're in survival mode. So you need to take a chill pill and tell yourself, self, calm down, right? I know no one in the history of... Right? What does it say? No one in the history of calming, who's been said calming down will ever calm down, but you have to, okay? You should. <laughs> it should be a thing. If Sergio sees me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good indicator. <laughs> Sit the hand up, let me breathe. Hey, that, hey that'll save us from a lot of <laughs> situations we sure. get ourselves in. Um, but yeah, that's good. Yeah. Anything you wanted to add to that? I think, I think if there's, if I can summarize the spark notes, I love, I love summarize, summarizing um, self, uh, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, be motivated to change, empathy, and community. Okay, those are the things that, those are the tools to use in understanding if you need more work than not, right? Um, go slow. Slow down when you're angry, slow down. And I think the Bible says that, right? So it's, it's important to, to follow what the Bible says, right? So if you ever are lost, turn to Jesus, open up your Bible, and you will find the answer to your problem. But if you still don't get it, please go to therapy. Okay. That's so good. And I guess one last question um, here. How does emotional damage affect us in our relationships, in our everyday life? If you can kind of sum that up. Sure. So at the beginning, I said God is a God of generations. So we know that to be true in the Bible, right? There's a lot of talks about generation, and there's a whole book, right, where it tells you son of so-and-so, son of so-and-so, son of so-and-so, and then they lead to Jesus, right? So we know that's important. So when we don't heal our emotional let's call it baggage for the sake of my, my example, okay? Um, our emotional baggage that comes from childhood. You're li- literally carrying bags of trash with you wherever you go, okay? So you accumulated all the stuff. And then now you have like five, six, seven, ten bags of trash, and you're literally like carrying them. Oh, okay, I, oh, I met you. Let's hook up. And here's my bag of trash. Then you're bringing your bag of trash. And now we have all the smelly stuff in, in between us, Right? And, and that's not going to help us get closer. That's actually going to distance us because there's all this pile of trash that's, that's there just stinking up the place. So when we go through this trash, and sometimes we feel it's our belongings, right? and we go through them and we're like, oh, yeah, I don't need that, I don't need that, I don't need that, it just brings us closer and closer because we don't have a pile of crap just sitting there stinking up our relationship. Right? So emotional damage or emotional baggage 
will create a separation between you and whoever you love. Whether it's your children, your spouse, your friends, your parents, doesn't matter. And back to the three parts, when we are sick, there's tons of research about this in, in, in this particular topic, that um, a lot of our thoughts can make us sick, physically sick. Okay? There might not be anything wrong with you physically, but they, if you think about it, you can become sick. Right? So um, lack of forgiveness is linked. It's not proven yet, but it's linked, there's theories, to cancer. Right? So if your un unforgiveness is linked to cancer, why? Right? Well, the, the, the predominant theory is that when you don't express that emotion, how do you express resentment? You can't, right? So if you're angry, and you can yell, you can scream. If you're happy, you can you know, shout, you can, you can say, you know, smile. But resentment, how? So it doesn't know where to go. So it starts creating space in your body. And it starts malforming cells. And that cell, malformed cell, is cancer. That's all it is. Cancer means a cell that didn't form right. So there's a lot of things. And, and, and the Bible says that. The Bible talks about bitterness being so hard to the soul. Right? It's just hurting your bones, even. So there's this internal illness that we can deal with if we don't deal with emotional hurt. Right? So being in denial, because there's a lot of people that tell you, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. And you're like, dude, I can tell you're angry. Right? And you're like, no, I'm not. I'm never getting angry. And you're like, okay. Right? That person's not going to change. <laughs> right? Because there's denial in their heart. There's denial in them. There's no self-awareness. And you can tell someone that's not self-aware, hey, you're angry all the time. They'll be like, no, I'm not. Okay. That sucks, right? Because they're, they're robbing themselves of healing and they're robbing the whole family system of healing, right? They're sabotaging the whole system without them even knowing because of their denial. So don't be that person. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. No, that's so good. And I think we'll, we'll stop there. <laughs> Uh, but that that's so good. I'm going to ask Nikki to come on up and play pads as we kind of wrap up um, today. But I, I loved everything you shared. And as you're speaking, I'm just thinking, what an incredible opportunity we have to heal, to take the steps that we need to take, to allow God to really come into those areas in our lives and expose the things that are hurt that have been broken because i think at the end of the day we all want better for not just ourselves but the people in our lives our kids the generations to come and and it starts with us right and so i truly believe that if you and i here today we make a commitment and we say god i'm gonna walk towards healing i'm gonna be open to this and i'm gonna take away all um notions that I've had of healing and therapy and all of that and I'm just going to allow you God to come in this moment and reignite whatever needs to be reignited speak to whatever you need to speak to I think as we're open handed with our heart to God man what he's going to do is is incredible so can we all stand in this moment you all can close your eyes and I love what uh, Bati was saying about just a moment of silence a moment of sitting with this conversation and maybe something that really sparked you or 
there was maybe something that you thought, wow, that's me or maybe there's something that is stopping you from taking the steps that you need to take or maybe you're taking the steps and now you feel stuck. Whatever it is, I want you to know that God is in it with you. He's in it with you. He knows what you need. You're not alone. You're not the only one. He understands you. He knows your pain. He sees you. He's proud of you. He wants the very best for you. His heart hurts when your heart hurts. His heart leaps for joy when he sees you joyful and enjoying the life that he wants you to have. And it's time for us to take a hold of what is ours, to look at the blessings that he has given to us, to look at what's in our hands and say, God, despite of everything else, I'm going to enjoy and I'm going to make the best of what you're giving to me. And as we do that, I truly believe that we're going to start to be more open to heal, to go deep. And I know that it's scary. It's hard. It's overwhelming. But God wants you to know that he's right there with you as you're digging deep, as you're taking out the trash, as you're saying, this doesn't belong. I don't need this anymore. This is not good for me. As you're looking at the things that maybe happened to you at a young age and they're still affecting you, God is asking you, will you let go of it? Will you give that to me? Will you help me? Because God needs us to be willing. He's not going to do anything that we don't want him to do. He's a gentleman. He's not going to go into a space, a place that we don't invite him. And today I just want to ask you, if you're here and you're willing to invite God into your mess, to your craziness, into your trauma, into your emotional damage, your emotional baggage. Everyone with their eyes closed. And if that's you, maybe you're going to have to do it in faith because you don't truly feel it yet. But even then, God will meet you. But if that's you this morning, can you just lift your hand? God, you see every hand in this room. You see every heart, God, every soul, God, every single one of us. We have so much to be thankful for, and we love you, and we thank you that in the midst of everything that we've gone through, you have kept us safe, you have kept us sane, 
You have blessed us even in the moments, God, where maybe we've been upset at you or maybe we've walked away from you. Even there, God, you have been with us and we thank you for that. But today, God, we open up our hearts to what you want to do to the healing that you want to bring, God, to the emotional baggage and trauma and pain that we've experienced, God. It's time, Lord. Today we say it is time, and I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would have your ways in our hearts, in our minds, in every single area, and that you would help us to be self-aware, not just today, but in our everyday life, that we would be self-aware of our emotions, of our feelings, of all the things that are stopping us from growing and receiving what you want us to have. And I pray, Lord, that today would be a day that we can dream again, that we can feel the weight off of our shoulders knowing that you are in control of our lives, of our feelings, our emotions. Today, we hand back that control to you. And I thank you, God, that from this day forward, you help us to manage our emotions better. And I thank you for the healing that is taking place in this moment, during this week, throughout this month. God, I thank you. We're not going to be perfect, God, but we are going to be healed and whole people. In Jesus' name, so that you can use us to help other people. We just thank you, Lord, for this moment, for what you're doing, for what you've done, and for what you're going to continue to do in every single one of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on. Can you give it up for Jesus in the house today? Whew, okay, take a deep breath, all right? You guys have some homework to apply this week. Um, and we will see you next Sunday as we wrap up our emotional damage series okay love you all get some coffee we have some cake for you guys um sergio's birthday is on tuesday so we're just celebrating him so cake for everybody we love you all and see you guys next week if you enjoyed today's message please subscribe like and share it helps more than you know also if you'd like to be a part of the Somos Church giving family, you can do so today by going to somoschurch.cc slash give. Thanks so much for joining us. We're praying for you and we hope you have an amazing day.